Mary Maria Sprout. 15 seconds to curtains, you three. Oh. Oh. No one's here. Well, I guess I'll just be going then. Hi, welcome to the Muppet Fans Talking Podcast. I'm Mary. I'm Maria. And I'm Sprout. Hi, guys. Welcome. Hi. Uh, this is the uh, Frank Oz Appreciation Hour podcast. But before we talk about Frank, but before we get Frank about Frank, we have to go over some Henson announcements. Haha, so, good, good joke. So first off, speaking of the man in question... His birthday was this week. He turned 77 years old on Wednesday. So yay, Frank. Happy birthday. It was Tuesday. Thank you, Frank. Happy birthday, Frank. Thank you for existing. Awesome. You've so much great content. Also in in Muppet slash Henson related news, the uh, Henson workshop auditions start up on Monday. And as of now, I have not received my rejection letter. So I am on cloud nine. Woo! Same. I haven't received anything either. So either we're all getting auditions or we're all getting rejected. Woo! I want that rejection letter for my wall so bad. I want to print it off. Same. Yeah. I need this. I need this, please. Um, I'll frame it. In... I, I'm not sure if this is specifically uh, Henson news. Uh, it's it's sort of Sesame Street news because it, it was um, made in juncture with Sesame Street. But the show Between the Lions, Peter Linz, so uh, the main puppeteer of the show, has been posting pictures on Instagram of him and his character and um, Jennifer Barnhart and her character Cleo. And they've been teasing some stuff lately. So we don't know what that's about, but I'm very excited to see what's up. I'm so excited for I, that. Yeah. Between the Lions was one of my favorite shows growing up. They're, they're, I've got very vivid memories of it. My favorite was the one where they read <laughs> Rumpelstiltskin because that was the first time I've ever heard of the fairy tale and I just really loved it. And I am so excited for this uh, new version of the show to come out. And I'm very curious to see where it will be airing or streaming. And I'm so pumped. And mm-hmm. I'm so excited to possibly have more Between the Lions back in my life. Yeah. It's so funny because oh. that's another one of those shows where I don't remember anything that happened in it, but the theme song is just forever embedded in my brain. It's so a banger. So it really is a banger. Yes. Okay. All right. Are we, is that are all we, of our news today? I think so. Are we ready to talk about the legend at hand? I am. Yes. All right, uh, the first, I'm first going to go over his uh, early life and starting to work for Jim. So this first mm-hmm. section is just going to be me be, me reading off his Wikipedia page, as one should. We all have his Wikipedia page open because yes. he does too much. This man does too much. It's ridiculous. I have a pretty good, like, photographic memory, but this man does too much for me to remember. This his er, the the paragraph on his early life is very very wild. So I'm just gonna read this and cut off, cut in where you feel the need to. Frank mm-hmm. Oz was born in Hereford, Hereford, England, the son of Francis and Isidore Osnowitz, both of whom were puppeteers. 
Nice. His father was also a window trimmer. His parents moved to England after fighting the Nazis with the Dutch brigades. Oz's Dutch-Polish father was Jewish, and his Flemish mother was a lapsed Catholic. They left England when he was six months old and lived in Belgium until he was five. Oz and his family moved to Montana in 1951. They eventually settled in Oakland, California. Oz attended Oakland Technical High School and Oakland City College. He worked as an apprentice puppeteer at Children's Fairyland as a teenager with the Vagabond Puppets, a production of, Oak- of the Oakland Recreation Department, where Letty Connell was his mentor. Um, two things. A window trimmer is someone who decorates shop windows, like a window dresser. I don't know why they just didn't say window dresser. Anyway. Like, when I hear window trimmer, I think of someone who makes trim for windows. Mm -hmm. And also, learning that his father was Jewish and that his mother was, was Catholic, it makes sense. Just of how Frank acts. It's like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Total with, with with my family experience, it's like yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I'd also like to point out at this point, despite both of his parents being puppeteers, that was the last thing he wanted to do. Yeah, <laughs> he wanted to and be a him, journalist, and him working as a puppeteer during his teenage, teenage years. Yeah, uh, he was just like, I don't want this. He says that he he says he did it as a hobby to get some money, and we see how that turned out. <laughs> And then, then some dude, then this random guy came walking into his life named Jim Henson, and the rest is history. Apparently, he was nineteen. Yeah. He yeah. was night. Imagine meeting someone at nineteen, not knowing this man is going to change your life forever. That is that is wild. a very wild thought to have. We are all oh, in our twenties. I don't think we have met a man yet that is going to change our lives forever. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Oh um, so he met Jim when he was 19 yes. years old. I'd say it was at a uh, world puppet at the uh, world puppeteering uh, conference. I think that's what it was. Yes. Yes. In mm-hmm. 1963, uh, which is the year my mom was born. Oh. So yeah. Um, we all know. I, I'm sorry. I think of 63. I'm like, mom. <laughs> I don't know. I'm weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I don't know what year my mother was born. So. I'm bad with numbers. I'm bad with faces. <laughs> so we're good. Um, we, we all know his characters. Piggy, Fozzie, Animal, Sam, yeah, Grover, Cookie Monster, Bird. Yeah. I, I don't think we're there yet. I, because before all of that, he yeah. started as Jim Henson's right hand for Ralph the Dog on the Jimmy Dean show. And yeah. mm-hmm. that's what he was originally hired to do. Which I think, I don't know if he was the, um, not including Jane Henson, who was Jim's first puppeteer who helped him. I'd say, I'd say Frank was either his second or his first, the first person he brought on or the second after Jerry Jewell. I don't remember exactly which order, but I know they came like. Uh, It was Jane, Jerry Jewell, Don Selene, but he did puppets. Yeah, Jerry Jerry was, Don was behind the scenes more. Jerry Jerry did do the actual puppets. Yeah, and then Frank Oz, and then Jerry Nelson. Yeah. One of my favorite facts, when he was doing right hand on the Jimmy Dean show, when Jimmy introduced him on stage, he couldn't say his last 
name. So it just came out as Frey Gauz, which is how he got the shortened nickname Frey Gauz. Yes. Frey Gauz, yeah. I love that. And it has nothing to do with the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> no. Yeah. Contrary to popular belief. It's because he has a long, very... Osnoid. W Z. It's not that bad. It's not that bad. It's not. I mean, once you like once you hear it the first time, it's easy to pronounce. Yes. Yeah. Um, He performed as Ralph's right hand for for many years, and then he got drafted (laughs) in the war. Wah wah. Wah wah. And so, (laughs) (laughs) so Jim. Uh, audition Jerry Nelson to be his right hand and so th- it was like one performance and then Frank failed his physical test to be in, in the army and so Frank came back with a suitcase like hey boss I'm back who is this <laughs> I don't know if he was like I think he knew Jerry Nelson yeah. was there I mean um, he had to figure that like after he got drafted that someone might be taking him yeah. will be taking a spot yes so then uh, both he and Jerry Nelson performed his right hand for a while before they started adding on more characters outside of the Jimmy Dean show with, you know, specials and commercials and all that fun stuff. And then then we get to uh, the beginning of a show called Sesame Street, where he and Jim would do a few characters. Uh, Frank did er- did uh, Bert for Bert and Ernie. He did Grover. He did Cookie Monster. He did a lot of different characters. He did, again, a lot of one-off characters that don't even have names. So, who is everybody? Oh, go ahead. I was going to ask the same question. Out of those three, who's our favorite? I was going to ask out of any of uh, Frank's Sesame Street characters who your favorite is. For me, it's a toss-up between Grover and Cookie Monster, because Cookie Monster is just Mm -hmm. funny. I love Cookie Monster. But then Grover is also the fighter, the warrior for the working class, as I like to put it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he has so right. many jobs. That man. Also, he doesn't tolerate customers treating him poorly, and I think that's such an inspiration, yes. inspirational, good message for kids. That just because somebody is in a position of power over you doesn't mean you have to take crap from them. Yes, and it I is. might be looking a little too too far into a silly little puppet show, but you know what? That's what Muppet fans talking's all about. It is. Last episode, really I is. projected. This episode, Mary projects. Oh, yes! <laughs> yeah. Um, mine, I feel like, is a toss-up between Cookie Monster and Bert. Um, c- again, Cookie Monster is so funny. Uh, but I, I love... Because Bert is the straight man of the, uh, of the comedy duo, but he has such, like, movement and things that are so funny. Like, I don't know how to do it in an audio medium, but we can see each other uh, when we record this. But he does a thing where he just moves like this sometimes, where he just moves his head back yes. and forth funny that I just love so <laughs> dearly. It's kind of like, um, uh, you know, when he straightens up, like, it's, it's sort of like, I have a body now. It's so good. I, Bert is so funny just physically of how he moves uh, and, you know, the deadpan towards the camera and also in Ernie and Bert. Great duo there. Um, I just want to make a comment. I just want to make a comment that I I do like this, like the moving straightening up thing in real life. 
And I didn't realize that was a thing I probably picked up from Frank Oz's (laughs) puppets right before this moment. So I am going through a a little bit of a wow moment. You're going through it right now. Yeah. I, um, not in, you know, real life with my body, but in my puppeteering style, I say it's a mixture between Frank Oz and and Dave Goals, because they both do that sort of straightening up thing where they move. It's, they they don't move their whole arm, they just move their wrist side to side, sort of like how um, Grover moves his head funny. Back, I love that. Back and forth. Yeah. Which it's is kind ins- of like that, but faster. That That's what they do. And so I pick that up from them whenever I'm like, ah, ha, ha, I'm smart. Oh, oh go ahead, Sprout. Um, I feel like I'm going to be perfect for the favorite of the characters because mine are Bert and Grover. Mm. Hey. Um, I know. We, we each hands. picked like we two different hands. sets. <laughs> we all hold hands. Um, what if my one of my favorite things about Grover is the fact that he based some of the ways Grover looks around on his dog that he yeah. had at the time. Yeah. <laughs> I love that so, so funny. much. And um, I completely Adorable. agree with Bert, all of his small movements. One of my personal favorites is the scenes where he's trying to sleep and Ernie keeps him up. The slow turns to the camera. Yeah. <laughs> Just so good. Uh, I, I, because Bert has such a, a specific like movement to him mm-hmm. where, you know, you think of him as a straight man, so you don't think of him that much, but he has such comedy in his physicality. Well, Ernie, yes, he doesn't move that much. Like if he is moving, it means he's looking just at Bert, just still, just yeah, in this way of like, I, because he's not malicious, but this way uh, uh, that's like, I'm, a- am I annoying you, sir? hello (laughs) like you know fist on on the chin type type deal and then the fact that Bert is so uptight those moments of like doing the pigeon where he really breaks out are amazing can we can we talk about the the different like disco songs of Sesame Street that just Frank Oz got to do like me lost me cookie at the disco and doing the pigeon and and all like these. the whole entire they have a whole record of disco yeah. versions of Sesame Street music it's so good I love it's it why I will yeah. have to listen to that soon because that sounds so absolutely immaculate there are two the albums for it's amazing the art is insane there's two yes. albums I listen to whenever I am working out, and one is the uh, disco versions of Sesame Street, and the second one is the Annie soundtrack from Annie, a parody from Starkid, because both are just <laughs> immaculate uh, albums to work out to. They get you pumped up. Yeah, I just listen to I a lot that. of Fall Out Boy when I listen when I work out. <laughs> I'm like, we got to get the blood pump, and I got to give myself some anxiety right now. <laughs> uh, I I listen to Fall Out Boy if I'm having an anxiety attack, but <laughs> so, so I can't listen to it when I'm working out because then I'm like I'll have too much anxiety. It it really oh, no. does it does something for me. It really does something yeah. for me. I think it it might be the beat of it that just makes your heart go ah. All right, back. I, I'm I, okay. Uh, oh, go ahead, Sprout. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm like okay. Just to get back on topic, I forgot to mention this earlier. Yes. But it's really cool that we get to talk about all the iconic voices that Frank did, 
considering the fact that he did not want to do voices when he first started working with Jim. It took him five years before Jim, like, you know, looked at him and said, okay, Frank, you've got to do it. It's kind of like he just did a little shove. Like, like, you know, someone who doesn't want to jump into a pool, so you just shove him a little bit. That's kind of like what Jim did. I'm just like, (laughs) go. (laughs) I can, I'm going to kind of compare it to Dave Goals. Oh, go ahead, Sprout. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I was going to say, just in case we're moving away from Sesame Street, I'm not sure. Um, they had originally offered Frank the um, job of playing Big Bird. And he yeah. gave a hard no solely no. because before Sesame Street, they had done a show oh, and he played a full body puppet character called Choi Dragon. Yeah, or, um, Choi Dragon. It was a commercials. Yes. And I have him quoted saying, I hated it. I hated it totally. Jim knew I hated it. I think he relished in it. The LaToy <laughs> dragon was a bit. I was totally blinded there. I always hated being inside characters, but I was the main performer and that was my job. So oh. when they offered Big Bird, it was a very quick and hard no. <laughs> and Those I love commercials. That. Those commercials they did, not even like the... um uh dog chow commercials just the random commercials that they did had such crazy stuff like you had the lachoy dragon that you know breathed fire and and there was no monitor system like they had for big bird yet so frank was blind there was Mm -hmm. one where where a guy shot an apple off of uh, a puppet's head and it was an actual thing (laughs) yes i love that story he was he was tied to train tracks so and it was like active train tracks like you jim henson you're insane you're I, insane he was as, insane. as i liked as i've said and i've said i've said this before after i first watched Muppet fans talking and for all account for all legal reasons this is a joke <laughs> i, I don't mean this seriously and that's <laughs> that uh jim henson was the david dobrik of his time you said you're right Muppet fans talk but you're right. He, was he the, said the, the name of the did podcast. The, did I get the podcast name and the movie name mixed up? Oh my god. You did. Yeah. I'm sorry, Frank. I'm sorry. Hey, I mean, they are fans. They do love what they do. They are fans, but you did I'm mix sorry. up. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Frank. Muppet, guy, Muppet Guy's talking. Muppet Guy's talking. Muppet Guy's talking. I'm sorry, Frank. <laughs> Don't come for us. Self promo. Frank, Self-promo. I'm a big fan. Don't kill me. <laughs> We're so scared of this man. We love this man, Honestly. but we are terrified of him. Sure, he's a very, yes. very sweet man, but his, I really care so much of what his opinion of me is. I care so yes. deeply. Definitely. Okay. Uh, okay. Do we have should more to? Do we have more to say about Sesame Street, or should we go into Muppet Show? I I'm ready to go into Muppet Show. Um, Sparadas. Wait. One more on Sesame Street. He played his characters well into 2012, which was yeah. surprising yeah. to me. He he retired in like 90. Well, he didn't retire, but by 98, he was on set four days a year. Yeah, and everything else was covered by Eric Jacobson. So the fact that yeah, he was still David coming Rodman. in and like maybe once a year up to 2012 is wild. Yeah, I, lo- I, 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 I love I love that. Yeah, yeah I love the story that. that David Redman. Uh, tells about whenever he he handed off Cookie Monster to him that uh, it, it was a, a video a, a video thing where 
Cookie Monster was talking in the first segment, and then he would show over to Grover, and then Grover would do a bit, and then it would go back to Cookie Monster. And uh, in the first bit, Frank Oz did Cookie Monster, and then he went over and did Grover. And then in the second bit, instead of continuing to do Cookie Monster, he handed Cookie Monster over to David. And uh, David uh, says that that was sort of like him actually handing over the role to him, of like what that meant yeah. to him. So I think that's very sweet. I want to go into this later in the pop. I want to go into this later into the podcast because I think what's really cool is Frank got to choose his successors for his characters. Yeah. And I think that is really cool. But we're going to get into that later. Yeah. But yeah. Are we? <laughs> Are, are we ready? Timeline. Yeah. I've got this all organized, guys. All right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We, we, I hear Sesame Street and word jumbles just come out. That's I apologize. All right. That's all right. Are you, are you ready to talk about the Muppet Show? Let's go. Yes. All right. Uh, Frank did uh, lots of really iconic characters on the Muppet Show. He did Sam the Eagle. He did Fozzie Bear. He did Annabelle. He did this really small character called Miss Piggy. I don't know if you guys have heard of her. I've heard of her, but she's pretty funny. Yeah, this is a one-off, I'm, you know. I'm gonna I'm gonna use my one f bomb for the episode. Who the fuck is Miss Piggy? Never heard of her. <laughs> I've never heard of her. I don't know who she is. <laughs> no idea. All right, but I. Which the fun thing about Miss Piggy was that she originally was not Frank's. She originally, no. her original, mm-hmm. original puppeteer was Jerry Nelson when they yeah. did a special and she was Piggy Lee. And then mm-hmm. after that, mm-hmm. Piggy kind of got switched between uh, Richard Hunt and Frank Oz for The Muppet Show, at, yeah. which kind of involved if one of them was doing another character in the same scene. Yeah. And that was season one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Frank always did the singing for Piggy. E- even if uh, Richard was doing the talking during that segment, uh, Frank always did the singing for Piggy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. My, uh, I just want to say that my favorite Miss Piggy number is the one she, is the uh, the entertainer number she does with Rolf. That oh. is such a good number. It starts off very sweet. Mm-hmm. And then it turns into the greatest number of all time so quickly like i the puppetry is insane the chemistry that jim and frank have as performers is insane i love it i have two both are duets there's uh one that she did with raquel welch oh i love that one yeah the um woman i'm a woman yeah that's so it's so good and also her chemistry with raquel was fantastic and the behind the scenes stuff that we got to see uh, was so cute and funny and the Mm -hmm. other one I I liked there's um ukulele lady which uh Kermit sang and um Scooter and whatnot Muppet did backing for it and Piggy was in the back and that was the only time we've ever seen Piggy without her gloves on oh yeah scandalous I know it's the only time we've ever seen Peggy without her gloves on, and it, she—it's just the same color as the rest of her. It feels um, wrong. It feels it wrong. It does feel wrong. It <laughs> feels so wrong. Right, uh, Sprout. Do you have a favorite Peggy number? I love her number in Muppet Vision. Oh, that's where a good she's one. Sitting on the bank, yeah. I thought something about it's just so magical. I thought we were doing specifically. Uh, the Muppet Show. It, it's fine. We can do whatever. We can do whatever. We have. Who's gonna stop us? 
I don't know. Frank, <laughs> Frank Oswell. He'll have to find oh, us God, first. Please, please don't. <laughs> you promote it underneath his tweet. So he <laughs> could not see us. that. He's on Twitter <laughs> once a week. He won't see it. What if it's his one day? <laughs> then we'll deal with it when it happens. I don't think he's going to. Li- I, 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 I have a very, I don't think Frank will listen this far into the podcast. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. We'll burn down that bridge when we get to it. Exactly. If Frank calls me out on Twitter, I will eat my words next week. <laughs> hey, okay, we'll have something for be... uh, Muppet Struggles. Yeah, that'll be your Muppet Struggle. It will be. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Um, I don't know if I have any, like, specific favorite Fozzie bits, but I love Fozzie in general. I, I, the, I think the thing that I, when I think of Frank the most is what he looks at into, like, art, into a character and everything is that Fozzie used to have a mechanism inside of his ears that wiggled. Yeah. Which is really cute Mm -hmm. and funny. And then he, after, like, maybe an episode or two, Frank asked the um, the puppet builder, the Muppet Workshop people, to remove the mechanism because Mm -hmm. he felt like it would have been too much of a crutch to use. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, He used it a lot in season one, and then he didn't use it, but he did use it again once in season three. I do remember that because there's a thing... With him and Ralph, um, and I can't remember the name of the song, but he, I rem- uh, remember seeing his ears, and I remember when I first watched that uh, episode being like, wait a minute, <laughs> that's still there. I, th- I yeah. think it's a really cute Surprise. mechanism, but I totally understand yeah. why understand. he, um, mm-hmm. yeah. I want to get into this more later, but I think the main thing with Frank is that he values character over a lot yeah. of other things, and we're going to get yeah, into yeah. that when we're talking about his directorial stuff. Yeah, and he specifically has written, and we've talked about this before, tons of backstory, at least for his Muppet Show characters, which is great for fans, and also it's just, it shows how much he loves these characters and loves, like, the the life that they have outside of, you know, the Muppet Show. Yeah, and I just wanted to add a quick one more, like, just one more aside once, because we are talking about the Muppet stuff right now, is Mm -hmm. that... He had such a good performance chemistry with Jim, like comedic timing wise and everything to the point where I would put them up there with Abbott and Costello. And I don't want, and if you want to at me on Twitter and fight me, you can wait till the end of the show where I shout out my Twitter handle to do so. Yes. (laughs) And you'll have to go through me. In um, Street Gang, because I saw that yesterday, they said outside of work, they weren't really even friends. So for them to have that kind of chemistry on set and not even really hang out outside of work is insane. Well, they also spent yeah. like how many hours together at work? Oh, yeah. So much yeah, time together. <laughs> so, I mean, I kind of, I, I do understand that quite a bit. Yeah. Um, I, I do, I have a, a favorite Fozzie bit that's an actual bit and the reason why it works so well is because they didn't have time to rehearse it so so what you see in the episode is literally their first go at it and that is um good oh. grief the comedian's a bear i was about to say that yes, i love that I one i love that one so, so good funny. yes like fozzy loses his hat and they don't reset they don't you know start over again they just keep going with it and it's so mwah. good they knew they had so magic fun. at that moment, and it shows. Yeah. And I think that's just so mm-hmm. beautiful and great. And that really speaks to the chemistry that Jim and Frank had on set. Yeah. Well, and, and since she's... Oh, 
No, you go. Go ahead. Go ahead. Fine. Um, also, Fozzie had some really great moments with other characters as well. Uh, I'm thinking of like Scooter and Floyd and Gonzo in the, mm. um, oh, which episode is it? It's the one where he's trying to be cool and he has the sunglasses and I cannot, re- uh, Barney Fife. I can't remember the actual guy's name. I can oh, only remember. Uh, Don Knotts? Yes, Don Knotts. My brain said Don Rickles, which I'm like, I know that's not his name, but that's another old guy. Some, some of us watched way too much me TV growing up with our parents and it shows. <laughs> <laughs> me with my grandmother. I, I'm just, again, I'm bad at names and faces. It's all right, don't worry about it. But but I, I remember that episode was heavily Fozzie episode. And, Don Knotts you know, is a comedic legend, as he yes. should be as he should be and um i think that episode really showed the dynamic of um fozzy with other characters aside from kermit which i loved okay sprout you go so since my favorite sketch of his was good grief the comedian's Comedian's a bear um i'm going to share one of my favorite facts about fozzy which is how the waka waka came to be Mm -hmm. Um, oh i'm excited frank talked about it in the reddit ama and he says in the movie script fozzy was doing a comedy act on stage where kermit first saw him but there was no comedy act written so i just made one up and what you see on screen is i showed jim in an empty sound stage about a week before and he loved it so we we kept it and it really is a steal from old-fashioned burlesque comedians that's great i love that fact that's where waka waka came from all right i love it too all right and all right i'm really excited about that all right and then in 1980 this random little dude i don't know if y'all heard of him named george lucas approached this and random guy named jim henson was like hey we're working on something for this random niche little movie series I'm working on called, like, I don't know, like, Space Battles or something. And he's oh, like, I love Space Battles. That's my favorite <laughs> movie. Space <laughs> Battles. That's my favorite franchise. I love Space Battles so much. Thank but, you for this, Mary. I yeah. like the part where they battle in space. So iconic. <laughs> oh. And they save the queen. Love it. Oh, yeah. Yes. Um, but so he uh he approached Jim's like, "Hey, I'm working on this character that'll have to be puppetry. Can you do it for me?" And Jim said, "No, I'm busy." No. <laughs> I'm I'm busy uh about to be directing a film. Here is my friend Frank Oz. <laughs> Here's my literal right-hand man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he, he and and uh, Frank Oz was also a creative consultant on that uh, on uh, at yeah. least the Empire Strikes Back. I'm not sure about the other uh, Return of the movie. Jedi. Yeah, uh, but on the Empire Strikes Back, he he was a creative consultant and he puppeteered uh, Yoda. And he did uh, like this. With... Oh, and then he did a little voice while he was puppeteering, but it was not Frank was not expecting to actually voice Yoda. Yeah, yeah, and uh, Kathy Mullen uh, performed Yoda's right hand, so Kathy Mullen in interviews likes to say that she is the one that actually has the force, because she is the right hand. I love that. I love that. I love that so much. So, so Frank, what, so Frank, you know, was like, okay, I did this job, I'm gonna go off, do my own thing, so during, so he got married to his first wife, 
then went on a honeymoon, and then this random dude named George Lucas calls and was like, hey, can you do some ADR for me (laughs) for this character you puppeteered? Pretty please. And that's how we have Yoda. Yeah. And uh, he has performed uh, Yoda tons and tons of times. He, I mean... Last year, he voiced Yoda in an Oculus VR game, which is wild to me to, to yeah. think about. And I just want to give a shout out to uh, the other the other main actor who has been voicing Yoda throughout the years when Frank has been mm-hmm. unable to, uh, t- Mr. Yeah. Tom Kane, who you might know as Professor Utonium from Powerpuff Girls. Yeah, just I, I just like sh- I just like shouting out Tom Kane because I think he's a very cool dude. He is. He's a great voice actor. I also want to just. To shout out that Frank also did the uh, puppetry and voice work for Yoda in uh, The Last Jedi, which was the uh, one of the more recent Star Wars movies. And that is mm-hmm. all I am going to say about The Last Jedi. Please don't come Same here. <laughs> We're not, we can't. Uh, he, he also returned to voice Yoda in uh, a bunch of the theme park attractions, you know, Star Tours, Galaxy's Edge. Um, and he also did the Star Wars Rebel episodes, Path of the Jedi and Shroud of Darkness. I have not seen Star Wars Rebels, but apparently it is very, apparently it's very good. And uh, Star Wars fans like the show cartoon more than the most recent movies, but that's all I'm yeah. saying. Yeah, <laughs> I've, I've, from all the Star Wars fans I know and follow on Twitter, they all love the shows, which is really cool and great. And that's yes. awesome. And now we're going to go talk about some Muppet movies so we can stay away yeah. from those touchy, from those touchy space, space battle subjects. Yes, space please. battles. Uh, w- one thing uh, I, I want to say before we do move on is that The Empire Strikes Back was filmed across the street from The Muppet Show. Oh, yeah, that okay. is really cool. Which yeah, is how, um, which is how uh, Mark Hamill and Richard Hunt became best friends, as Mark Hamill mm-hmm. told the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Yeah, it's so sweet. And don't ask me why I have that newspaper memorized. <laughs> we all have weird things memorized. We're, we're Muppet fans. We, we yeah. know too much about yeah. specific things. Yes. All right. And so we go into the Muppet movies where Frank played all of his characters from the Muppet show in the Muppet movies and did a lot mm-hmm. of really cool stuff with Fozzie and Piggy. And I want to really shout out a lot of the work he did on Great Muppet Caper, where he tied oh, bricks oh. to his shoes and was bricks, underwater bricks. for a week. Bricks, bricks to his feet. Yeah. He tied bricks to his feet. And oh my, uh, he could have drowned multiple times. I mean, Great Muppet Caper had so many things where it's like, these puppeteers could die. I mean, there's the elevator yeah. thing where they're all oh, sideways. Oh, we aren't even going to get into the elevator thing <laughs> That's if one of them fell, they all could have died. I'm sorry. I just oh my god. Ugh. Again, Jim Henson, the David Dobrik Jim of his Henson, time. You're insane. <laughs> you're insane. Talk Call to a therapist. A Airplane scene? We can't we can't get into it. We can't get into this. Okay, just bricks to we, his feet underwater. We will be talking about the upside down airplane scene soon, don't worry. Yes. <laughs> just oh. Oh and God. then Frank, uh, and because uh, Jim didn't want it to make it look like that there were bubbles coming from off screen where it would make like the illusion, the illusion not work as well. Frank would have to only uh, have oxygen in between takes and not during takes when he was puppeteering Piggy. 
insane 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 this man insane <laughs> yes. we got a lot of really good magic out of it which is really good and everybody was okay yes uh everyone was okay it's a great song i love that song oh Rhea, did you also- need to- you need to calm I down need, a little. I need a minute. I'm sorry. It's just you do need a minute. <laughs> I need a minute, uh, uh, but but also, um, Piggy had some great dance numbers, which is very funny to say because she is a puppet. That is a puppet. That that is tap dancing. Yeah. No, I love the first time you see her numbers. I number. It's so beautiful. It starts off very simple with just Piggy and Kermit singing to each other, and it turns into this very old school glamour tap number, which I love. And all the camera work Jim did for that was amazing. I love Great Muppet Caper, but this is not Jim Henson Appreciation Hour. This is Frank Oz Appreciation Hour. (laughs) Jim Henson Appreciation Hour will be not the last episode, but I think maybe second to last episode of whatever this podcast is. We'll figure it out as as we go. I don't know. We we don't know. This this podcast doesn't have a time limit. We can be doing this until we die. We can be doing doing this until until we die. die. Yes, until we have to tie bricks to our feet and drown underwater. I hope you guys like Muppets. <laughs> I love them. Hey, guys, do you like the Muppets? <laughs> I know we're doing a Muppet podcast, but, like, do you guys like the Muppets? You want to drown for them? You want to drown? <laughs> hey, guys, do you want to drown for the Muppets? Well, good for you, because we have auditions open right now <laughs> for the Henson Company. Okay. Okay, and then after um, Great Muppet Caper, we have Muppets. Uh, Frank actually co-directed Dark Crystal with Jim, which was kind of Frank's first uh, professional exposure to directing, if you will. Yes. Dark Mm -hmm. Crystal is, it's such, like, like, the cinematography is so beautiful in it. I I have to say that. I'm going to have to confess something. I have not seen Dark Crystal. (gasps) It's on Netflix. I have not either. I'm a failure, Maria. I'm bad at watching <laughs> things. Okay? But I hear... I have to defend myself on my own podcast. Okay. Unbelievable. Okay. <laughs> if I had to do that last week, you have to do I know, I'm joking. I'm joking. Yeah. But um, I've heard excellent <laughs> things about it, where everything is very grand about it, and I think a lot of that does come from Frank uh, co-directing mm-hmm. the movie as well. Yeah. Uh... And then we should go into Muppets Take Manhattan, which, which was so wrote. Yeah. Also, I just want to make a quick note. Yeah. I've talked about this before, how I associate certain Muppet movies with certain Muppet performers. Muppets yeah. Take Manhattan is the Muppet movie I associate mostly with Frank, not because his characters are amazing in it. We get a lot of very, we've got, we get some very emotional scenes with Fozzie, as well mm-hmm. as I, we have very big moments with Piggy, including the wedding at the end. But Frank Oz also directed it, which is super cool, and I love it. Yeah. I have um, I have a really great quote from Frank talking about making the movie and just the job he had. There was mm-hmm. a script written by two other writers, and I said to Jim that I didn't think this was right the right direction. I may have been wrong about this, but the point is that Jim allowed me to rewrite it, and I wrote the script. Then he asked me to direct it. I was very grateful, and that was the first directing job I had really done on my own. He did a very so he, did, he really it, had a lot of creative control with Muppets Take Manhattan, which I love. He did a great mm-hmm. job, and I want to just make a quick note of it because I feel like we should do an entire podcast about that movie. 
But mm-hmm. this movie yes. feels like it went over stuff that the original Muppet movie failed to didn't go over to go over because of time limits. Well, mm-hmm. the first Muppet movie was about meeting everybody and getting everyone together. This yeah. was more of how difficult it was to sell the show, which is something yeah. Jim struggled yeah. with a lot when he was trying to sell the Muppet show. And yeah. I, looking yeah. at it through that lens, you really appreciate. I really appreciated the movie a lot more as an adult mm-hmm. and we have a lot of really fun scenes in it also mm-hmm. the side character the human characters in it felt very more fleshed out than some of the side characters we got from the other movies even today uh i i will die yeah. on this hill of loving jenny so much oh, there, we know yeah. so Same. we know yes. so much about her from her opening scene um I, and i you know i thank frank for her yeah she's so good yeah. I just yeah. want to make a uh, quick note about how I think this might be like the role where Piggy like supports women the most, which is yeah, very so odd to say, but yeah. like, because she is very jealous of Jenny for most of the movie because she assumes that Kermit is cheating on her, which he is not. It's all a misunderstanding, you know, quirky. But there's a scene where um, a villain grabs Camilla and Piggy asks Camilla if she's okay after that, which we yeah. do not, which is a very small moment but we don't see stuff like that from piggy we don't see that and also at the end yeah. with, with piggy's character arc of of calling jenny her friend we it's it's nah, it's so it's good beautiful it's really great and i really loved seeing that side of piggy and i think there but you can also tell that there's a different way that frank films piggy versus how jim films piggy from yeah. caper to manhattan which yeah. is jim films films piggy like she's a goddess she, she is, is the most amazing woman slash pig in the world, and he wants you to know it. And then Frank films Piggy like she's just your average girl. Like, Frank, like, he saw this power within her that he sees in other women. And I think that's also really cool. Yeah. Jim films Piggy like... um, She's a goddess. Well, she's a goddess, but, uh, like... She uh he he films her like she is Dolly Parton and Frank films Piggy like uh she is Dolly Parton in nine to five. If that makes sense at all. That makes sense, that but makes I'd also sense. say that uh Frank films Piggy like she's Lily Tomlin in nine to five. Like she's very normal. Yes. Or Jane yeah. Fonda in nine to five. But yeah. I'd say both. Yeah, because they're both all three. Because because Dolly Parton is still a bombshell in that movie. Let's not lie to I ourselves. Mean, Piggy's still still a bombshell in, in Take Manhattan. It's just she's more, you know, filmed more down to earth. Like, she's a regular Person. girl. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. I had, and then after that, we have the cult, uh, Frank directed the cult classic smash, Sesame Street, Learning About Numbers, video short, and he, <laughs> he directed the segment, Fall on Toy Roller Coaster. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Also, um, the kid voice in that short is Brian Henson. Yeah. Also, for all of you who don't know, uh, Maria just flipped me off. So Maria's mom, you have to take care of that now. No, she's fine with that. Um, I thought we were talking about... The other... No, that's after that. I don't know if you've ever heard of this little shop horse. Um, Never heard of it. (laughs) Never heard of it. I don't know what a Rick Moranis is. I don't know what that is. Rick Moranis? Who are you? Steve Martin. Is that a type of bug? (laughs) I don't... (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
God, I love Little Shop of Horrors, you guys. Oh, I love it too. I, oh my God. I rewatched it this week to prepare for the podcast, and I forgot how beautiful it is. Which ending it's did so, you watch? I love. I watched the original because I watched it on HBO Max. Nice. I watched every time I watch it. I watch both. I love the. I love the Same. musical, and I love the film, and it's so good. And are we gonna get into um? the the puppet are we gonna get into the yeah let's say why not why not i just want to make a quick note that um one of the um the puppeteers for the puppet was actually brian henson and i think that is super super cool and yes. steve whitmire brian and steve both oh, i didn't uh, see steve yeah, in the credits. Both in there i didn't see him in the credits yeah. oh i missed something he, well they both brian frank and steve always talk about uh steve and brian working with it together i don't know why he wasn't credited yeah, I didn't see him in the credits. I feel I, that, that that's weird, but okay. Yeah, I, I could have just missed him. I could have missed him. There were forty puppeteers in there. I was trying yeah. to read them all. Yeah, there were forty puppeteers big to puppets. perform Audrey Two, the a gigantic, huge puppet that I love dearly. It's One of my so beautiful is to is to uh, puppeteer that that puppet in in a musical. Even if I yeah. can't do the voice of it, just to perform it is, mm, I love it yeah. so much. They, and, oh, go ahead. The, the, they, how they filmed it is crazy. I, how do I explain this to people? Take a deep breath. We can do it. Uh, they okay. filmed it in, <laughs> did they film it? They filmed it in slow motion, right? They did. They filmed it in mm-hmm. slow motion. So anytime, you know, whoever was with the you know, plant, Rick Moranis, would have to talk and lip sync in slow motion. Like he would have to record his lines and then they would uh, film it so slowly that he would have to talk uh, uh, to his recorded lines in slow motion while the, the puppet was also talking. Crazy. Rick Moranis, wild. Rick Moranis, you deserve a gold star for that. Rick Moranis deserves yeah. the world. Um, that is true. Yes. And they filmed a entire ending similar to the ending of the musical where Audrey 2 takes over the world and it was a full stop motion animation. It was uh, gorgeous. With, with gigantic sets. Done. It was beautiful. And then uh, they you couldn't... You can look it up on you. You can look it up and watch it on YouTube. I highly recommend you do so. Yeah, and they showed that version of the movie in previews, and everyone hated it. Hated it. it. Yes. yes. And and Frank, uh, this isn't the exact quote because I don't have it on me, but his quote was basically that it in they can get. Uh, they they can show the plant taking over the world in musicals because you know it's a musical because at the end they have the bows from the actors mm-hmm. but in the movies you don't get bows from the actors so you you they're dead you, they're just like oh they're dead in this world and that makes me sad so yeah instead they had to film a whole new ending where um they won and the plant was quote unquote gone but there was a little sneaky thing at the end of of a little Audrey plant uh, my growing. my favorite fact about that is that they couldn't get tisha campbell who i think she was chiffon to come back <laughs> for reshoots so that like they don't show her face they had a stand-up but they don't show her face at the end of the reshoot 
You just kind of see her leg. Yeah. 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 Um, but all... oh. another another really quick fact about the film version of Little Shop of Horrors is that the apparently the theater version doesn't have Mean Green Mother from Outer Space in it, but the film version does. So yeah, that's really that cool true. and great. Frank did it for the theater nerds, aka it the did. girls and gays. Yes, it it <laughs> depends on what production you see, because Mean Green Mother has been included in some, but it's been taken out of others. It just depends, like, r- with runtime. Mm-hmm. Um, and, oh, I was going to bring something up about Little Shop. Oh, he would uh-huh. listen to the soundtrack and would count the beats of how many steps it would take for specific shots. So basically, he would perform a scene as uh, different characters uh, and and walk while listening to to the soundtrack to make sure the the camera movements would be good. So there is a version that only Frank Oz did. There's no video proof. It's only in with Frank that he just performed this entire movie just by himself. Release the Frank Oz cut. <laughs> Release the Frank Oz <laughs> cut. I would give. Release the Oz cut. Please, please and thank you. At Warner Brothers, do it. But I think there's like 12 or 13 beats uh, of the first, uh, of the opening song of um, uh, of him walking up uh, of Skid Row uh, of the sidewalk that, that pans up and that was specifically counted and that's how they made the set because Frank was very specific about how he wanted the set to look to go in time with the music, which is crazy. And you can tell, because every detail in this movie is perfect from start to finish. You totally believe in every character motivation just from the set alone. We aren't even getting into characters and the songs yet. This is just the set. Or the character motivation is, oh, they want to get out of Skid Row because it looks like this. And you yeah. firmly believe it, but you can also see the beauty in it, especially in uh, the Suddenly Seymour number, where, yeah, there's this broken down building, because, again, they want to get out of Skid Row, but there's all yeah. these flowers around the edge of it, which really show this beauty underneath it. And I yeah. really love that. I do, too. It's a great show. Um, yeah. We're, we're going to be... Should we, we move on? Because we've been talking I, I'm about trying to move on. I'm, I'm so trying long. to... I'm going to try to move on and just go over some of his uh, general directing signatures, Yeah, which I tried to look into this because I consider myself the general movie fan, but I'm not Mm -hmm. good at it. I'm not good at watching movies, (laughs) as you couldn't tell. I'm very Uh bad at it. And I tried Uh to look for directing signatures because like I think of like Steven Spielberg has his lens flares and his very quick editing style, while Mm -hmm. Stanley Kubrick has like the longer shots. And I couldn't find anything because I'm bad at it. So I looked deeper. I looked deeper. And I realized, what is the main thing Frank does? And that's when, so I kind of like looked over his work, uh, looked at the ones I have seen, and kind of put some points together, which is that when he directs something that's supposed to be seen by all ages, he makes it fun for all ages. And when he does something, it's very character-driven and character-based. That is the signature of Frank Oz. You can tell it in not only the projects he does directing-wise, but also the projects he takes on acting-wise. Mm-hmm. I, for me, I, I think he has this certain angle that he does all the time, 
where uh, a character is still in the shot but sort of far away and the camera is up uh, really not super high up but pretty high up i can i can remember it from little shop and i know it's in dirty run scoundrels and um death at, at a funeral i know it's in that one i don't know if it's in the other ones because i don't know that much I, I haven't watched all of his movies unfortunately oh um, you haven't i haven't i'm a fake fan you have to kill me on sight <laughs> Get the arrow girl from the commercial. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, he, he does this thing where the camera is either very close to an actor or very, very far away. Uh, that that I really like. All right. I was gonna. Yeah. I, I, I was gonna ask what your what everybody's favorite Frank Oz movie was, but I think I know the answer to that. What do you? Yeah, think I think is? we just answered it. Little Shop of Horrors. Think? It's not. Oh, okay. Because mine's a little shop. So is yours oh. Dirty Rotten Scoundrels then? Uh, it is, yeah. I do love <laughs> Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. It's very good. It is. I, I haven't seen it, but I've heard very good things. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it either. It's Sprout and I being fake fans over here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I just see puppets out. and I gravitate to them. I'm really, again, I'm really Same. bad at watching stuff. I'm trying to be better. I'm really Me trying. Too. I'm trying, guys. Okay. And then I also forgot to ask who's everybody's favorite Muppet Show character. My, uh, that Frank does. Oh. That Frank does. Mine's oh. Miss Yeah, that Frank does. If you asked me back in middle school, I would have said animal, but right now it's a tie between Fozzie and Sam. And Fozzie is, he's very nuanced and he just wants to do his best and he's very sweet. And Sam is, there's so many layers to Sam that we don't see ever, but you just know we're there. And that's, you know, due to Frank and, you know, his backstory. I, I am in the camp that Sam is repressed and he needs to talk to his family. Anyway, I agree. I just, Sam needs therapy. He needs, Sam needs therapy and he needs to reconcile with his family. <laughs> uh, Miss Piggy's my favorite because I feel like I've talked about this a lot, but I really love her story. And I love that there's this character that everybody kind of has a grab kind of gravitates for towards whether or not you love or hate her you have feelings about her you do i forgot to bring this up at the beginning during notes but it sort of came to me at like during the week thinking about it the reason why you and i have such different uh like not not thoughts on piggy because we feel the same but like ways her life would go is because you are used to eric jacobson's beyonce piggy while i am used to she hides her pain and she's not good at hiding her pain frank oz piggy i mean i've watched i mean i've watched more of frank oz's piggy but i think i just prefer the but i think i just see her more through the lens of eric jacobson's piggy as opposed to when I was watching Piggy, all those hours of Frank Oz's Piggy, I was seeing her through the lens of Eric Jacobson's Piggy and not this multi-level trauma character. Yeah, I, that's my specialty, especially whenever I'm writing, is I see multifaceted trauma characters. <laughs> and while I see Eric pretty is- pig in pretty dress and I go, I like her. <laughs> I like her so much. Uh, Eric Piggy, uh, it's not that they're different characters. It's just that Eric Spiggy has had 40 uh, years to master hiding her pain while 
Frank's piggy is not good at hiding her pain. And, and that's where I think we differ in so, our thoughts of piggy. What do you think it says about me that I gravitate more to the one that's more expert at hiding her pain? <laughs> oh, no. What do you think it says what? about me where, I'm, where I gravitate to the one that's not good at hiding her pain? <laughs> I don't know. You said it, not me. We should go to therapy. We should go to therapy with Sam. Next episode, Muppet fans talking goes to therapy. Sprout, <laughs> will you be our therapist? I don't have money for therapy. Oh, no. Anyway, let's I get back to the movie. I can take care of my own mental thoughts. All right, moving on. Okay. Uh, we're going to, I want to just take a minute, minute, take a minute to talk about how Frank Oz is the king of movie cameos because he is. He has had cameos in Blues Brothers, cameos, he's had a cameo in um, Trading Places, he's had a cameo in, um, in um, Monsters, Inc. I'm sorry, I was blanking on that movie for a good um, minute. And he and Dave Goals had a cameo in Inside Out together, so, and yes. also he had a cameo in uh, Knives Out, I'm just hitting he, up the base ones. Uh, he also did An American also, Werewolf in London, Spies Like Us, Innocent Blood, Blues Brothers 2000, and uh, he also had other cameos in the theatrical le- release of Spider-Man 3, and he had cameos in Muppet Movie, <laughs> Great Muppet Caper, uh, Muppets Take Manhattan. Spider-Man um, 3 is news to me, oh my goodness. Yes. And he was also in the airport scenes of Into the Night and Coming to America. Oh, I must have been yeah. coming to America. I'm upset now. Well, apparently that was just announcements it's, uh, on a his PA system. It. It's oh. like, um, you know, like calling Mr. Frank Osnowitz uh, type thing. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes. And, and he, uh, again, uh, like you he, said, he also did uh, Inside Out with Dave Goals. My favorite thing about that cameo, Frank's character was named Dave, and Dave's character's name was named Frank. Frank. Yeah, Yeah. and I just want to, uh, I I forgot where my mind is going, I'm sorry. Uh, Who is your, what what is your favorite Frank Frank Oz cameo? Because mine is him playing the dirty cop in Trading Places, which, oh, and now I remember, it was about Trading Places. Uh, Richard Hunt also has a cameo in Trading Places. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. So it's a whole Muppet family reunion going on there. Yeah, A bunch of the the movies that he did cameos in was directed by John Landis. So I do Mm -hmm. have a theory that all of these characters are just the same character. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked because it is it is canon that coming to America yeah. and trading places take place in the same universe. Yeah. And yeah. that and the, also uh, and also both of the Blues Brothers movies. Also, I'm just going to do a quick small spoiler for uh the sequel to Coming to America real quick, where it is also canon that Colin Jose is the great grandson of those two old men from Trading Places. <laughs> So if you ever feel bad, just remember that Frank Oz and Colin Jost exist in the same universe together. And Richard Hunt, I mean, too. I mean, even call it our universe. I mean, that is just our universe where they do exist in yeah. this world. <laughs> Not in my mind. I pretend it does. I pretend they don't. I understand. For all who don't know, I have a parasocial um, enemy with Colin Jost. Uh-huh. So there, that's going on there. All right. Um, I, I also wanted to mention 
in some of his uh, products that he, he didn't do, he was supposed to direct the 1990 movie Mermaids, but he, he dropped out of the project due to creative differences with Cher, who was supposed to star in the movie. The movie, yeah, the movie did get released. I don't remember who directed it, but it also starred Winona uh, Ryder. So that's fun. Yes. Uh, it, I just, he got replaced with Richard Benjamin. Hmm. What I would give I don't to know be who that, that is. room. That's got to be a heck of a cast right there. Oh my I wonder, god. Now I need to know if Cher has worked with the Muppets. Because they've sung her hmm. songs. I don't know outside of that. Cher, I'm it up. Cher dresses like a Muppet sometimes. Like she's got those elaborate true. feathers where it's like, okay. Yeah. Very um, curious about this. And there's a... Was, oh, go ahead. She was announced as a guest star for season four but she never appeared. Huh. Um, she's, she's worked uh, with on Sesame Street a few times, but never with Frank specifically. And she was in the 2006 Hollywood Bowl concert with Piggy and Kermit. There, but uh, that was Eric. Yeah, that was Eric. And huh. in 2018, Miss Piggy in an interview said Sonny and Cher are one of her favorite duos. <laughs> There's oh gotta God. be some tea here. There's gotta be some trauma. <laughs> Are there we uncovering something? There has to be something. Uh, Kermit did, uh, he did guest star uh, on a Sonny and Cher episode, but that it was just Jim. There was no Frank in that. There's, That's Kermit. Yeah, that was I'm just Kermit. I'm crying laughing, imagining that Cher and Frank Oz have beef right now. Frank Oz and Cher have beef. I need to know what this is. I just think, I just want to repeat that sentence again in case some of you aren't finding it as hilarious as I do. Frank Oz and Cher have beef. <laughs> in, um, in, a, in an episode of the Jim Henson Hour uh, that was Miss Piggy's Hollywood, Piggy and Gonzo were going to visit the home of Celebrity, and Gonzo thought it was Cher's re- residence, but Piggy says, no, it's not. So there's definitely some sort of beef here. That we just don't know about. <laughs> I am in, this is I'm wild. amazed. I'm, I'm shook to my core. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. And then what other famous movie did Frank not direct? Um, he was offered to direct Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets in the early 2000s, and he said no. A lot of his stuff that he said no for was the early 2000s, and that was also the time um, when he stopped working with the Muppets proper. So I I wonder what happened Mm. in 2000 that just made him go, no, no more work. I feel like that's He might have just been going through it. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I think I think that could have been that, and that what was going on with him during that time is for him to know. And if he ever feels like talking about it, he is welcome. I'm welcome to hearing it. But I just realized what that was the year you got divorced. So yeah, oh, Ooh. there's just a. I just realized. Oh. Yeah, oh, I kind of put two and two together, but I didn't want to say it yeah. out loud. Uh huh. Okay. Well. Oh well. Sorry. On the, on the right, side. Other, you guys Good want to talk about that upside down plane? Yeah. Upside down plane. Like, what a concept. What a stunt. 
in a frame, <laughs> in a plane, up puppeteering upside down, eighteen feet above the ground. You guys talk for a while. I'm gonna go hide in a little <laughs> shame hole if you need me. <laughs> so about the upside down plane enough. The classic film, Sesame Street film, Follow That Bird. Follow That Bird. Yes. Um, I, again, I love that the movie. David Dobrik of his time, Jim Henson said, "You want to go puppeteer that plane upside down?" And Frank said, "Yeah, sure." And so, um, we really got a piece of cinematic history at its finest. The the far off shots when they were filming that were two actual pilots dressed up as Bert and Ernie. Oh my but God. then the up close shots were them in the plane eighteen feet above the ground upside down. Maria, are you okay? To, I just realized I'm gonna have to explain to my mom who David Dobrik is. <laughs> uh, I'll explain it. David okay. Dobrik, uh, David Dobrik is a famous YouTuber slash vlogger who is uh, known for filming his friends do very stupid and dangerous things for the camera. And one man, got one of his friends got very, very injured doing so and now has um, a lifelong injury because of it. It's uh, in his head. Uh, he's got some sort of like, I don't know how to best describe it, but it sounds like he's got bone spurs in his head, mm-hmm. which is very um, terrible and tragic. Also, David Dobrik is just a, a just an asshole. So I would say that Jim Henson isn't he wasn't, but he isn't like they get stuck in the crazy stuff aspect is what I'm talking about. Yes. Yeah, it's just Jim, Jim was not a jerk. Yeah, Jim is really great, and David Dobrik is um, uh, a jerk. Yeah, so a left. avoiding all legal and for all you know for all purposes, this is all a joke. This is all a joke. You can't hurt us this is a joke this is a bit <laughs> this we're is all joking. a joke we're, we're talking about puppets staff. we're talking about puppets sharon frank us don't actually have beef guys <laughs> Look, i feel like we've stumbled upon a conspiracy theory here, guys. <laughs> but it's a funny conspiracy theory it's so funny okay um do we have more to talk about the plane um, it's insane uh, I feel like we should talk about the uh, play next week, hint, hint at what the show will be then. Oh, hint, hint. All right. I'm very excited. But I think right now, Frank is doing a few small things here and there. He uh, directed mm-hmm. a documentary a few years ago called, uh, it's a small movie called Muppet Guys Talking. I don't know if anyone's got any, like, podcast based around it or something, but, like, you know, weird. Uh, another thing is he did a, uh, another documentary called In and of Itself. <laughs> which was a very cute, sweet little documentary that I enjoyed. Um, and uh, it, it's going to was be... a one-man stage show. It was really yeah, cool. Yeah, it's on Hulu, if you guys have yeah. Hulu. It's very cool. And he is going to do a uh, another acting appearance this year, in a fit later this year in a movie called Echoes of Violence, which is like supposed to be like a drama film, so I'm very excited to see. Uh, he also, oh, I can't remember. Uh, Knives Out. He he did a little cameo yep, in Knives Out. I I think I might have mentioned that earlier, but I could be wrong. It's been a I don't it's been really a long be time. Cast for Knives Out too. We can only I hope. hope. So. That would be Everyone. another great reoccurring cameo. Right. Yeah. Maybe yeah. a great reoccurring cameo, and I'd love to see Frank on Frank do like something original for Netflix. Be part of something yes. for that. I don't yes. know why I feel like Frank Oz would. 
be good at stand up. I don't know why. I just Oh, he's he got be. some stories. He's got some stories. He does. Yeah. He's got stories. There's those definitely are there. And he's also he's, kind of a social media icon right now. He is. Frank Oz and and Dave Goles are are the the Steve Martin and the Martin short of the puppetry world. They are. They really are. They are. Uh he is a social media icon like you said. He and you can follow him uh, uh, at the, I think it's the Frank Oz Jam. Yes, it is. All right. I did so much research before before recording this. Yeah. Good good for you. You did so good. You did a great job. Thank you. you I, I, I really wanted to try to nail down who Frank was as a person and what he values. And that yeah. I, sca- I am so, so scared of him. We're all so terrified. Of Same. Him terrified please like me find my twitter i'm gone that's it <laughs> i'm not <laughs> even good at saying anything about that <laughs> but i care about what his opinion of me so so much that if he doesn't like me i will deactivate and cry Same. Yes. we love him so much he terrifies us to our bones I admire yeah. him so much as not only this create as this creative. I admire him as a person and kind of what he stands for in um when it comes to film mm-hmm. and ha- collaboration and leadership. I really am inspired by that, and I really had a lot of fun doing some research for this, doing a little research yeah. for this episode, and realizing how fantastic Frank Oz truly is. He's not our. He may not be a wonderful wizard, but he is. But he is a. But he is a legend to me. Boo. <laughs> I, I, I honestly think Frank Oz is one of the, the best actors and directors out there. He's just yeah. so underrated in everything he does because you just... Be, it's the thing. Miss Piggy is one of the most famous puppets in the world. But people mm-hmm. only care about Piggy. They, they don't realize about the, the, the people that work her. Nobody... Yeah. Nobody's going out of their way to buy Frank Goss a can of beans. No. <laughs> that man loves his can of beans. He does in, love beans. In every interview, he's like, I love being anonymous so then I can go out to the store and buy a can of beans. It's like, do you only buy beans at the store? <laughs> do you only the buy bottom? beans in can form? In yes. can form? Dry beans? No. Has to be canned. Canned beans. And is so, he a fan of like out uh, like black beans or like green beans? beans the answer is we yes all beans all beans all beans that are canned if we ever see him guys we have to buy him all the beans him, we have to buy him we each have to have a different can of beans i uh, we, got, come we on. Eat. can i get can I, I have tips on green beans because i love green beans personally so i have to get just I have can't to go for green beans, beans. But no, we cannot spill the beans. I I will I will get lima beans. Great. Are we ready for our Henson struggle of the week? Yeah. Maria, yeah. yours can be this podcast if you want it to be. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It was not this. This episode was so much fun, and I loved it. And so was last week's. I was. It was a joke. I was joking. Um. This. This struggle happened literally the day uh that we had uh the podcast episode last week last saturday sunday uh we released it on saturday but we recorded it on 
But we record these on Fridays. We Ooh. do. Um, my brain is Swiss cheese, so I cannot remember days. <laughs> you're good. Um, you're good. It's all right. I run the social so, media. You're all good. Thank you. Um, <laughs> on on Saturday, a little bit after the podcast episode, I made a, a, a joke on Twitter, and I didn't tag anybody. I just said, it's so funny that Chip is the most hated Muppet of all time <laughs> whenever he's based on Bill Prady, my mortal enemy. She also, she also has a parasocial enemy. I do. Yes. Yeah, yours is Colin Jost, mine is Bill Prady. And we'll get into that when we talk about Muppets 2015. And I didn't tag this man. I didn't tag anybody. I didn't, there were no hashtags on this tweet. This man I saw it, I can confirm. I also man saw it. searched his name and he <laughs> replied to me saying, I, I knew that this puppet was based on me back in, whenever I was 20. And I was like, good for you. Do you want a gold this star? Isn't for you. <laughs> this isn't for you. I, I hope you're happy. You have the most hated Muppet of all time. <laughs> are, are you bragging that Jim Henson saw you and said, I'm going to make the ugliest puppet after this man? <laughs> I'm going to make the ugliest, stupidest puppet I've ever seen. And it's going to look like you. Like, why are you... Why are you happy, Bill why Brady? And so, that? Why, also, why are you name searching yourself? Is your money from the Big Bang Theory not enough to satiate oh, your hunger? No. <laughs> Muppet fans talking is going to war with Bill Brady. So I vowed I'm never saying his name in a tweet again. If you want me to talk about him, I'm going to call him Filth Brady Bunch, and that is it. <laughs> Call him Chip. I hate, I hate Chip. Call him Chip. Because you hate him too. I do. I'll call him Chip Brady Bunch. How about that? Perfect. I love that. I love it. Okay. Okay. What's your struggle? What's your struggle? My struggle was watching um, Frank Oz's birthday thank you tweet get flooded with milk. Man, I love Frank. (laughs) I thought I was gonna get blocked. I no, because I was one of the replies. I thought it was one of the replies, which was like me going, "Oh, I'm so happy to know that you had a great birthday." And then someone, and then the bot replied to me with it. I'm like, "Great, Frank Oz is gonna block me, and it won't even be my fault this time." It's like any other tweet, I'd be like, "Okay, I deserve it," but this one, really, that's not me. He has direct access. That that day was insane. Oh my god. So many people were getting S-worded. Yeah. It was wild. I deleted all of mine because I tried, because a lot of us, we really tried to get Frank Oz's name trending, but we failed. Yeah. We really tried, Frank. We hey. really did. We know you're we not did. listening to the podcast, but we tried. We really did. We did. We did. I, I deleted I all knew, my stuff since then. I knew not to do it because um, whenever Team Stark had had their 10th anniversary, uh, a lot of us fans tried to get their stuff trending on Twitter, and so I and a lot of my friends got s worded as well. So we just, I was like, I'm not touching this with a ten foot pole. <laughs> I I participated, but all of my responses had responses had photos on them, so it wasn't as mm-hmm. spammy. And yeah, I was also yeah. spreading Frank Gauze, which is great. Yeah, yeah. The more yeah. Frank we see, the happier we are. Exactly. Yes. The community Happy birthday, genius Frank. that he is. Happy birthday. 
And my Muppet struggle of the week is that Frank Oz actually liked my tweet on Monday. Yeah. It was the Yay, day before his wild. birthday. And he was online that day for some reason. Don't know why. Because he was on <laughs> it was Twitter. Just one twi- day. Yeah. And I replied to one of his tweets saying, Happy early birthday, because it was, and he liked it. And it made me very, yeah. very happy. And he had, had a little pep in my step that day. Yay. As you should. That's amazing. All right. Anyone have any other notes to. Oh, I have another note to add. Very exciting Muppet fans talking announcement. Mary finally figured out our RSS feed. So that means that you don't just have to listen to this podcast on Spotify. You can now also listen to the podcast through Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts. Yay! Yay! Because Mary decided not to be stupid. You're not stupid. You're not (laughs) stupid. Don't talk bad about yourself. Apple's confusing. Apple's very confusing. It is very, Apple was very confusing. I, I snapped at Maria when I was trying to figure it out during our first episode. <laughs> yep, I'm like, okay, this is the first time I'm talking to this person and now I feel bad. <laughs> I was really going through it. I was struggling. And now it's we're- okay. I've heard a lot of people have had hard times putting yeah. podcasts on Apple my, Podcasts, so. My, my friend Barkley has a podcast and he, uh, for the first, like, What's two it called? of it. Uh, uh, he just changed the name. I think it's called Chimera, um, Chimera Pod. I'm looking it up. Yeah, I'm well, so sorry. Yeah, you're fine. Uh, what does he talk about on the podcast? He talks about Tin Can Bros. Uh, they are a company that yeah. does uh, musical theater and uh, sketch shows and all that. It's called yeah. The Chimera. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. I know they're very similar to uh, Star Kid. If you don't know Star Kid. Uh, then I highly recommend watching uh, Starship Ranger because that is a I think it's called Starship. That, that it's is Starship. I love Starship. It, yeah, that is one favorite. of my favorite. That's uh, that and uh, Twisted are my favorite Star Kid musicals. So that's fun. Unsurprisingly, the one that features puppets the most is my favorite Star Kid musical. Also, um, if you want anything very similar to Star Kid musicals, and this musical also has puppets in it, which is really great. You're all going to think I'm joking, but I'm. this is a serious suggestion. The mm-hmm. B-movie musical. I've yes. 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 So it's good. It's really good. It's really good. I love good. it. Correct. It's so good. I'm not even joking. I love it so much. The B-movie musical doesn't deserve the movie. The B-movie <laughs> musical is, is musical theater at its in its finest form. Even if you aren't a musical theater enjoyer and you're just your average meme lover, watch B-movie yes. the musical. It's so good. It is good. It's on YouTube. All the stuff that we're talking about is on YouTube for yeah. free. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, um, I that's all I really have to add. Um, I just want to add that uh, I think Frank Oz does a lot of fantastic work, and I, I hope we get to see more from him in the future. Sprout? Me too. I just want to add... I'm... Oh, go ahead, Sprout. <laughs> I was just going to say, as a person that I've grown up with through all of his work, it's, it's, I really hope to get more. Yeah. I love him. Yeah. I just want to add a quick note, Frank Oz, just in case you are listening to this, please, please, please like me. I need, <laughs> I need that, <laughs> I need that Frank reassurance Oz. in life. Frank Oz, we, we uh, adore your work and we think you're a great person. Please uh, like us. And we're so scared of you. <laughs> I, I usually don't care what other people think of me, but I 
really care about this one person. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. Okay. Uh, just to wrap things up, I'd like to thank Airfarer3 on Twitter for making our cover art as well as our social media header. And then I would also like to thank at Turning Two Stone, Dennis at Turning Two Stone on Twitter for doing the voiceover as uh, Scooter and Gonzo for our intro and outro of the podcast. And you can find, you can follow the podcast at Muppets underscore talking on Twitter. We do not do Instagram. We have tried and we have failed. We're done with it. And, yeah. But you can find me on Twitter at the animated emo. You can find me on all social media at Nerdy Maria Mania. And you can find me on Twitter at Sprout. We hope you have a Muppetational rest of your week and we hope you enjoyed the show. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Bye a can of beans. Buy the beans. Buy the beans. Buy the beans. Bye. And for my final trick, I will make this podcast end. I'm going to need complete silence for this.